Many people have problems with art and not with reality. So why is art different? It's pretty simple, right? This is knowledge, this is thinking, this is thought. Yeah, it does something strange with your head. Welcome to the Undergang Armchair. Bring it. Welcome to the Undergang Armchair. My name is Ando. Well, friends, today's a big day. I'm here to announce the launch of the world's first podcast network based around art, and it's called Cultural Bandwidth. It's something we've been working really hard on for the past couple of months, and we're really proud, and I really think you, you guys are going to love it. The point is to expand what we do here. I'm going to continue the Undergang Armchair podcast, as you know and love it. It's just going to be underneath the umbrella of Cultural Bandwidth, and there will be more shows coming up. In fact, today we're also releasing the next podcast on the platform, which is called By The Way, a contemporary art news podcast. And it's actually quite different than the show I do here. It's a show about keeping abreast of news and topics and themes in the art world. And it's run by a friend of mine and I. His name's Eric Wall. He lives in Stockholm. And I'm going to invite him in here in just a second to talk about it. But I just want to say welcome to you, to the new platform. And, uh, and we're excited to expand. It's not done yet. We're just getting started, really. So everything you know and love from undergang.net is now on culturalbandwidth.com. You can find it all there and much more. If you did have any links to undergang.net, if you're one of the previous guests, etc., please take a moment to update those to the cultural bandwidth. There was no way to migrate those links over, it turned out. So uh, just so you know, those links will not go directly to your show notes page. Please update that if that's the case. And, uh, and be aware that we're working on bringing out more podcasts. We want more than just these two. We want to create a space to speak more broadly about art and obviously to reach more people as well. So check it out and feel free to tell a friend. It's brand goddamn new. You will be the first kid on the block to know about it. And at this point, I'm just going to ask Eric to join me here. So, uh, Eric, why don't you tell us a little bit more about uh, who you are? Thanks, Onda. I'm Eric Wall. As you already said, I'm an artist and art professional up in Stockholm that will be co-producing, co-writing, co-hosting. Uh, by the way, I'm really excited to be a part of you know the cultural bandwidth that we're launching together. Um, it's great to have joined on to something that is so successful that you started with the Undergang Armchair and that we're going to be able to spread our reach further uh, beyond just interviews and these in-depth things, but also with By The Way, which is going to be a podcast about contemporary art news. We're going to, you know, uh, irreverently babble about uh, politics, uh, social uh, issues, culture, blah, 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 blah. And as the listeners know, I do love to babble. Um, and actually, it does come from a kind of natural thing, because uh, as friends, you used to tell me about news in the art world, which I have a really hard time keeping up with. And uh, and it kind of it became a thing where you'd tell me things that were happening, and I would you know run off at the mouth about it. Uh, and, and then we realized this could be a format for people like me who do have a hard time following what's happening out there on a, on a larger scale than the local level that they're involved in. Yeah, you know, and I, I've even had to dive in a little bit deeper, but I enjoy that process of, it's not gossip by any means, but it's actually kind of figuring out the mechanics of uh, what's what's happening in the art world, the 
the obscured elements, the stuff that's hidden a little bit deeper past the uh, headlines that you might hear mm. uh, from a friend or in an opening or whatever. Basically, um, we're going to be in territory that's going to probably make some people pissed off and we're going to get yelled at a lot. You know, and I hope so. It's, <laughs> it is. It's uh, we're calling it, uh, by the way, a contemporary art news podcast. We're not journalists. We're opinion uh, people. I think that's kind of what all the anchors on Fox News really are. They're entertainers, but they're they're dressed as uh, journalists. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing. We are both not journalists. We're both working artists, and that uh, we're not going to pretend that that's not the the place we're coming from. Everything, as you can tell already with this little intro, as well as in our uh, first you know, five or six episodes that we've already recorded now that will be coming out. We're very self-deprecating. Even though we live in Scandinavia, um, we're Americans still in that regard. So, Right. Um, There's a fair amount of shit-talking against everybody and then ourselves at the end of it anyways. Yeah, absolutely. So what, have we, uh, what, what are some of the topics we've talked about? Yeah, so we've now recorded six in the bank. We've now... Uh, you know, uploaded them all onto iTunes. Hopefully, those will get accepted. And the uh, <laughs> first <laughs> one won't be listening to this. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But the one, uh, the one that I believe uh, that you will be able to hear uh, next is going to be called "Da Vinci and the Flaming Pile of Dog Poop." So that's going to be that one. That one's going to talk about the most recent sale of the Leonardo da Vinci uh, painting at auction that went for $450 million. Then uh, we, we recorded one called All About My Selfie. That one is about, in general, Instagram culture and the way it's affecting the way people present art if it's in exhibitions. And then we even touch upon you know, how people even photograph it and how they want to present it digitally. Then we talk about uh, Sam Durant's work up in uh, Minnesota that was at the uh, Walker Art Center. Oh, yeah, that and, one was interesting. Yeah, um, that one's kind of controversial. It, it goes beyond just the artwork itself. You guys will have to listen to it, but it talks about um, Native Americans that were kind of offended by the work and the way that the artist and the Walker Art Center had to um, react to it. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking about, you know, reactions and public reactions, we talked about, uh, an episode, I believe it was four that is about the Guggenheim, uh, protests that happened in October, mm-hmm. uh, with an exhibition on contemporary Chinese art. Uh, we talked about death, um, just generally, why not talk about death? We talked about, um, we talked about some street art as well. We've talked about artwork getting broken yeah so it's very it's very kind of um it's topical we we kind of you look at what's happening around and then we kind of discuss both specific situations and then broader themes that arise out of these situations absolutely sometimes uh i will be coming up with you know i'll find something that's slightly more obscure that Mm. you as you know uh, our casual art consumer might not have heard about uh, sometimes we're going to talk about something very mainstream like this Da Vinci painting that recently sold. Uh, well, sure. And you can always follow. There's tons of links on all the show notes for this. So if you do actually want to go more in depth with any of these topics, there's a ton of information to find on the show notes. So that kind of works in tandem as well as on our social media accounts. We're going to be posting updates. There's already been an update, for example, in the episode that we're about to play now with the Leonardo Da Vinci painting uh, about who bought it. 
which was hidden by the, at the time we recorded. So that's on our Facebook. That's around. You can find that, you know, we, we have a ton of information available, even if we can't talk about all of it. It's yeah, there. exactly. I think that'll be a very good place for me uh, on pri- primarily with, by the way, is following up uh, these stories sometimes on Facebook with new, you know, just a post uh, that you can follow there and get engaged there. If you if you think we're totally off on something, feel free to vent. Let us know what you think about on uh, the social media pages. We're mm-hmm. hoping to have this be a very uh, interactive conversation with our audience. And what's the format going to be like? The the format of by the way is going to be a bi weekly podcast, so it's not going to be coming into your you know podcast player every time or every week. We're not going to hound you, but it's it's going to be enough to keep you hooked, enough to keep you fed. Uh, we're going to have a lot of stuff you know on the social media that you can um, follow up there and interact, and hopefully you know I can respond to stuff there, and then. Um, yeah, yeah, it's basically going to be on the off week because I do the uh, I do the program I do once every other week. So yeah, we're gonna... be, I mean there'll be content once a week now from either this show or the Undergang Armchair. Yes. Um, by the way, our hope is to have it between about twelve and twenty minutes. It's really <laughs> it's really of... been closer to thirty for the most <laughs> part. But yeah, but we're you know our intention was to kind of fill that little bit of commuter time uh, that people have in the mornings or on their way home. So the the format is hopefully going to be right around that 20, 25-minute mark. Kind of keep it at like a sitcom level, something where we can get deep enough, but not that you got to... We're going for syndication. Yeah, well, I I just don't want somebody to have to feel like they're eating a full-fiber diet. Um, Right. God knows my show is chewy and long and drawn out and awkward <laughs> yeah yeah uh, I, i'm hoping ours is a little bit more candy like laffy taffy or something like that so yeah, yeah. although we are biting off some stuff that's a little hard to we, we we can't wrap any any bows on anything let's put it that way oh no 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 a turd is still a turd regardless if there's a <laughs> that'll be episode seven stay tuned for episode seven <laughs> a turd is still a turd <laughs> all right cool well let's uh let's play this for them All right. Thanks for listening, guys. We look forward to being able to uh, present, by the way, Contemporary Art News Podcast. Yeah, and for the love of God, uh, give us a hand. Tell your friends. Put it on your media. uh, Give it a review on iTunes. You know, we are trying to come out of the gate, you know, with some speed here. So if you do in any way like or respect it, just uh, we'd really appreciate it if you'd help out with spreading the word. All right. Cool. Well, enjoy, guys. So thank you for listening to, by the way, a podcast about contemporary art news, where I present stories about the art world to my co-host that he's probably not heard. My name is Eric. I'm an artist and an art professional here in Stockholm. And my name is Ando, and I am an artist and a uh, hangabout here in Copenhagen. Fair enough, a hangabout. Uh, so today, we're going to be talking about Leonardo da Vinci and a flaming bag of dog poop. <laughs> Every episode starts with me laughing. <laughs> Do you know? That is my point. I'm glad if I can get you to laugh. That's the key part of this whole thing. A flaming bag of all right. Well, hit me. All right. <laughs> no, I'm not going to hit you with the bag of flaming <laughs> dog poop. Um, all right. So first off, I, I I know you follow art, but how much art news? I'm not sure. So d- have you heard about this Leonardo da Vinci painting that was went up for auction actually yesterday? 
I did. It crossed over to the Guardian, which is the newspaper, the online newspaper I read. So uh, that that became news beyond the art world, you could say. Okay. Do you, did you know it sold last night or anything like that? Or I do. It sold for the record breaking sum of four hundred fifty million. What was it? Yeah, four hundred fifty million and change. I mean, I mean, couple, at that point, you know, three hundred fifty, three hundred fifty, four hundred fifty, five hundred fifty. It's all the same. Yeah, so this this painting was estimated to go at a hundred million. It went for four fifty, uh, over twice the m- most expensive work ever sold at auction, which was a Picasso a few years back, mm. and something like three or four times uh, more than the uh, highest, let's say, old master work, which was a Rubens, and I think that sold for seventy million. So a ridiculously uh, large sum of money. Mm-hmm. Um, so just a couple quick things about the painting is uh, the the painting was kind of lost for a while. Uh, it has a really long provenance. It was made in the, roughly the 1500s. Uh, it was a part of a couple collections, got lost for a couple hundred years, kind of popped back up on the, the scene, was bought for, uh, I think it was 45 pounds because somebody thought it wasn't a Da Vinci. It was another artist's work. And then some American uh, collectors or group of collectors ended up buying it for $10,000 after it might have been contributed to him. Uh, and then it then most recently came into the hands of a guy, uh, a Russian guy, where he bought it for $127 million just a few years back. Um, you can I'll, – I'll, I'll give you some more uh, links to some of the background, the provenance, and show notes – but that's kind of important to know how it went from being something to being lost to dirt cheap to 450 million. Um, 45 fucking pounds. Yeah, right. Add just another zero and that's what you get today. Uh, 450. That's a lot more zeros. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess if you would if write out the, the zeros instead. Um, but yeah, so there's a lot of skeptics. Or there's a fair share of skeptics on, is this really a Da Vinci work? I saw Jerry Saltz is on the nay side. Yeah, yeah. that That's one of those. Check it out in the uh, show notes because that's a great little article mm-hmm. by him uh, in Vulture magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, you, you, you picked up on that. So we'll go ahead and just skim over that. But essentially, it there's a lot of people saying doesn't quite feel like a da vinci there's some compositional issues it's kind of a little safe for him um, it seems not to follow into some of the other uh like there's 20 known paintings is that what they said and it doesn't yeah, it, it, it seems unique out of those 20 yeah and so normally i wouldn't send you any information on what we we're doing but i did send you a link to the known like 15 or 20 works by uh, da vinci and just said look at these even mm-hmm. though you didn't know what we were going to talk about. When you look at those, you can see the compositions are much more dynamic. Um, there's always tor- turning torsos or turned heads or mm-hmm. such. This one is so plain Jane and straight on, and there's quite a few drawing errors in it. Um, no background. Yeah, yeah. So um, I don't know. Do you have anything to add on your your feeling initially to the, the painting? 
Not really, because at this point, the only thing I've read is Jerry Saltz's article, and I was like, yeah, that sounds right. You know, so it's 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 total modern jackass. I don't really have any idea. I read something which I was like, mm, makes sense. You know, so I'm really no better than a Fox News listener at this moment. But I'm I'm a well-informed Fox News listener <laughs> at this point. Um, no, so this is one of these stories that, yeah, we can easily talk about. Uh, but how does this relate to contemporary art news? That's the kind of the part that I want to kind of connect here. And this is where I'm going to start getting into some speculation, maybe making a few connections that are uh, reserved for better journalists than uh, (laughs) an artist to make. No such thing. No such thing. But, you know, I've been reading dozens of articles and they're they're overlapping information here. So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. all this bunches of show notes on this where you can – call me out on all any of my BS, but mm. I, I think I have some pretty good uh, connections here. This so sounds like now, fun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So at this point, I want to figure out, like, is this painting a flaming bag of dog poo or is it something more than that? <laughs> <laughs> um, so the owner of the this uh, Da Vinci painting most recently up until yesterday, was this Russian oligarch named Dmitry Roybolev. <laughs> yeah, I can't say his last name. Again, I'm going to butcher it. I apologize to our international Pronunciation listeners. is not going to be our strong part here. Articulation, accuracy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so he purchased this painting uh, along with a whole bunch of others in 2013 for $127 million dollars via a Swiss art dealer named Yves Bonnevier. Um, is that the guy they, who ended up in The New Yorker? He, in in The New Yorker? The New Yorker wrote an article about a Swiss art dude who was being sued by a Russian art dude. Is that the Spot one? Spot on. That 99% sure. All right, that's so about this, how much I know. So, you know, that's that's the end of it. But at least yeah. I knew something. <laughs> So I'm going to call this guy Yves, and I'm going to call the Russian guy Dimitri. Just okay. much easier with the first name. So Yves, he's the, the Swiss art uh, dealer. He runs uh, – well, he's set up a couple of these, but one in particular, what are called free ports. They're tax-free havens for importing of goods and holding goods to keep them you know, from tax uh, being taxed by any country. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's kind of known to be kind of criminal – uh, he's in sketch. a lot of hot water, right? Exactly. So he was the one who facilitated the sale of this Da Vinci along with 37 other paintings to Dimitri back in 2013. Dimitri went on a huge spending spree and spent about $2 billion at that point. So all in one big purchase with this guy. Eves. Wow. Uh, the reason there's this lawsuit that you talked about that was in the New Yorker is Yves kind of artificially marked up everything a whole bunch. Uh, he had purchased the work, this Da Vinci for 80 million. And then just a few months later, bumped it up $45 million and sold it on. Uh, and he did that with all the works of these 37. Isn't that just good capitalism? There's good capitalism. And then there is a, uh, some fraud going on as well. I don't know where the the line between capitalism and fraud is, but yeah, it's yeah. it's like selling uh, water to hurricane victims and stuff like that. You know, like you can mark up the price a little bit, but at one point it becomes fraudulent. Got it. Um, so 
Yeah, uh, he also took a $25 million commission on the deal instead of $2 million, which is a pretty standard cut as a like art middleman. <laughs> so, yeah, he, he kind of, you know, screwed with uh, Dimitri. But then Dimitri, at a, he's an, a Russian oligarch for a reason. Uh, have you heard anything about this guy? Not aside from that article I read, which was at least a year ago. So I knew he was... Uh... He was, um, what's the correct term? He was butthurt about the deal. And, As he uh, should be. <laughs> and uh, and he's, he was suing the shit out of Yves. Yves. He was yeah. suing the shit out of Eves. And then there was, uh, his wife was involved somehow too or something? Yeah. So Dimitri, just as a side note, he got divorced, I think, in like 2006 or eight, And mm. it was the most expensive uh, divorce in history or known history where she got I think four point six billion in the settlement. So <laughs> uh and he's worth wow. about eight and a half to ten million or ten billion depending on, you know, who you ask wow. and when. That's gnarly. Yeah, so she she's also somehow maybe connected to all this for sure. And she's um, a billionaire, so you know. <laughs> yeah, a Russian oligarch. <laughs> <laughs> um no, so not only is Dimitri also a little uh little sketchy um i can give you just a hair background on him in 96 he was actually arrested for the contract killing of a kind of a competitor slash um co-owner of a company that he worked with in russia are you sure we should be talking about this guy (laughs) yeah yeah, exactly (laughs) i'm protected i'm behind my keyboard (laughs) i'm I'm an internet uh warrior all right, this is our homie, um, Dimitri, yeah. Yeah, Dimitri, exactly. That's why we go by first names here, <laughs> not because I can't say his last name. Um, but he only spent 11 months in prison, and then... For a contract that, killing? Wow. Exactly, and then he got acquitted of it all uh, by the Russian Supreme Court, essentially. So, yeah, he's not exactly a clean individual, and he put pressure on the uh, justice minister in Monaco, and obviously a lot of people know Monaco's kind of the, the tax shell, tax haven kind of place um, yeah. in Europe. So the justice minister worked with Dimitri uh, voluntarily. He got paid off on the side. And the reason that Dimitri asked him to get involved was to arrest Yves. Wow. Now, just in September, the justice minister resigned because of pressure that he was going to be removed from office because of the scandal around him and Dimitri. Um, how is this all connecting to art? Yeah, it, it, it's crazy because um, this this guy is just a piece of shit. And these are not all, but this is what the uber elite people are in the art world often. Um, you can look at the Podestas if we don't want to be, you know, partisan and can, you know, say it's all this uh, the Russian scandal stuff, but you know mm-hmm. the the Podestas, they're huge art collectors, and right now they're in you know a whole bunch of shit with the uh, Robert Mueller and the, the U.S. government and investigations. So you know this is not a political issue. I think it's a, a corrupt. I'm super wealthy issue. Mm-hmm. This is a one percenter issue. Yeah, this is even this is the point one one of the one percent. Mm. Um, but then. Um, have you heard about the Paradise Papers? Yes, I have. Okay. Uh, for the the listeners that haven't, 
really quickly. It was a, a financial document released by um, some hackers. A law company's papers, yeah. Exactly. Um, on uh, what, what island was that? Was it the Bahamas? Um, Bermuda, maybe? I can't Bermuda. actually remember. Yeah. Anyways, it was leaked documents of uh, Uber Elite's financial dealings, shell companies, all that in there. I think you'll find this kind of fun. Um, one of the people in those documents that had a shell company set up was uh, Bono of U2. I saw that. Did you? Did you hear yeah. that? See, see the name of the company that he worked with? No, I didn't. I just saw that he owned part of a mall in Lithuania or some shit like that. Yeah. You know what the name of the enterprise was? It was called uh, Nude Estates. <laughs> classy, classy. <laughs> these, these rich people really know how to have a good time. Yeah, and then you have uh, this other uh, kind of celebrity artist in Spain named uh, Jose Maria Cano that was also found in this, uh, the the Paradise Papers mm. um, of kind of doing some tax fraud. But he's also that's a that's another show. But he artificially might be inflating his prices by selling work to himself mm. uh, through his own shell company and artificially raising the the price of his own artwork. Mm-hmm. Um, his anti capitalist artwork. Exactly right. <laughs> check, check check out his work online. He did a whole bunch of uh, uh, paintings of what are they? They're their currencies, right? Isn't it? Yeah, oh, no, it's no. Uh, political figures. Uh, it looked like they were from um, from newspapers. The Forbes Top Hundred list, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, so, be show that'll be on the show notes, right? Yeah, all of this is going to be in the show notes. There's going to be a whole bunch of show notes. So anybody who wants to call us out on or call me out on this can go through the show notes and, uh, yeah, dig into it more. Yeah, and I think uh, it's probably disclaimer time. We're just a two two donkeys here. We don't really, you know, like, okay, you've done your research. I haven't. But, uh, you know, you can't take us all that seriously. If you really want no. to do it, then follow the paper trail we've been following. We'll put links up to that. Exactly. That's all I'm doing. This this podcast or this episode is about Da Vinci, but it's also all these speculative <laughs> things around this one dirty individual Got it. Um, and how he came to acquire it. Why I am a little doubtful that this Da Vinci could be as authentic as it is or as mm-hmm. good as it is, because mm-hmm. I think this guy is so well connected and has such influence that... Um, I am not calling the credibility of you know Christie's and Sotheby's and the experts, but I think this individual um, has the influence to be able to influence the art market. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this guy also bought a, a house by Donald or from Donald Trump in 2008 that came out in the Paradise Papers, I believe, as well. Uh, Trump bought this house for like $40 million. This guy, a few years later, bought it for $95 million. So he also is tied to uh, Donald Trump. Um, He's also tied to the uh, Secretary of Commerce in the U.S. right now named Wilbur Ross, who's under investigation uh, for having holdings together in a shipping company. Uh, This guy also— Exactly, exactly. And then this guy is also the guy who bought this Manhattan apartment for $88 million a few years back for his uh, his daughter, who was going to live in it like part-time, who was like 22 years old, and set like a new record price for price per square foot in Manhattan. 
Mm. Um, so this guy throws around bunches of money, super well connected, has a lot to lose, has lots of influence to make gains. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say there's much more to the authenticity of this painting beyond what you see when you look at it and what the the composition is. Mm-hmm. And this is where provenance comes into place and who owns a work comes into place, how it gets marketed, at, you know, an auction house and how yeah. corrupt and scandalous that can be. Well, do we know who bought the painting? Not yet. Uh, as of this morning, I didn't see that. It mm. was bought by by a representative or – sorry, it was bought by an individual who was represented by you know uh, Christie's worker who right. was the con- head of the contemporary department. Right. And this work was sold in the contemporary sale instead of the old master's sale because they knew they could push the price higher. Which is strange because it's uh, not An old contemporary artwork. Exactly. But the, the thing, it strikes me that the, one of the big problems, you know, people cry and whine a lot about uh, the art world and money and prestige and stuff. But when art became an asset on the same level that certain types of resale, res, on the level that certain types of real estate became an asset on the way that, uh, you know, when, when holding companies, shell companies, when, uh, you know, when, when, when art started being purchased to be held in storage as a way to put a hundred million here or 50 million there into a 40 by 40 centimeter package, uh, that's kind of when a lot of trouble, you know, a lot of, a lot of shit started. Cause I actually don't really have a problem with very rich people buying really expensive prestige artworks to, to show them because they're really happy about it. Like I want a Roscoe or, and I think they should, I think if you can afford it, absolutely. You know, I have nothing against uh, rich people on this part. I have a problem against certain rich people the same way I'd have things against certain poor people. Well, also just when the art does not effort, uh, does not represent anything but a way to store money. Yeah, it is, and you know something like this piece that sat in a a Freeport in Switzerland, it was never coming out of storage. Not we may to, never see it again. I don't know. I mean, unless it goes on auction again. And if it sticks in private hands, there's no reason at this point for the future owner to challenge its authenticity uh and have it you know studied more or x-rayed and oh no one's gonna do that uh, yeah unless it i mean because it's gonna undermine it and someone's gonna be out 449 million you know if if it gets debunked well if it gets debunked it's back down to 45 pounds (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's um it's some heavy shit. Yeah. So like I said, this episode is just a lot of speculation. And is this painting a Da Vinci or just a flaming bag of dog poop? Um, I really wonder. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's it's so hard to wrap something like this up because um, it's so outside of our wheelhouse as well. All I know about this stuff is things I've read. I do follow political news a fair mm-hmm. amount, so I have followed up on the Paradise Papers a fair amount, um, as well as uh, some news about art at that level. Um, but the thing is, like, basically, the fact is we don't really know. We don't no. really know what's up with these people. 
We don't really know. They do everything they can to ob- obfuscate and hide their what they do, their dealings, their you know all this sort of stuff, and 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 we just have no idea. We don't even know why because it's not it's not you know it doesn't seem like these works then get donated to public collections or you know they don't resurface. There was once upon a time in which philanthropists would amass art collections and then donate them to museums or something like that this doesn't seem to be the case uh in in these instances no not it definitely not in this instance i know that in uh, china for example in the last call it 10 years quite a few wealthy individuals that have made buckets of money because of the economic upswing there have been uh, amassing large art collections to build personal art museums as a right as a or way like in to... south africa there's that one that just opened in cape town too exactly and a lot of those are also tax schemes mm-hmm. they're ways to acquire work uh amass wealth in a different way and avoid taxes because they set them up in certain uh, sure prada foundation certain... in milan probably yeah so you know even when they do come to a public audience and you know the public's allowed to come in there's still something a little nefarious behind it for some reason to to wrap all this up all i have to say is you know this da vinci painting if it is a da vinci painting which i'm going to say it is is very scandalous uh mm-hmm. not because of the work itself but how how it came to auction who most recently owned it the individual um, and that's actually going to add to the value even more than this 450 it just sold for. Um, because provenance is one thing, but the story with provenance even adds more. That's why the Mona Lisa is what it is. It wasn't quite as famous as it was until it was stolen mm-hmm. uh, in, I think it was 1962. So I, I have a feeling regardless of if this painting is uh, Da Vinci or not, is it any good or is it not? It has so much smoke around it that it's going to become iconic almost because of that alone. And that is the scary part of the auction houses having such control over the art market right now Mm -hmm. is they they can produce the smoke to make fire. Um, And with this, they did. Um, there's, There's no reason why... It needed to. The, well, no, I wouldn't say there's no reason why it shouldn't, but there's a lot of odd things that they did to market it and um, drive up the price. And I don't know. Right. It's all. It's all very. Uh, it's. It's not above the boards. Most of it. You no. know, and that's what. Wait, there's just enough information to pique the interest, and not enough information to really know what's going on. But the fact of the matter is, at the end of the day. None of this is anything we can even get near. We have no idea. No, and I wouldn't even be surprised if it comes out that, you know, this was bought by another holding company that was indebted to this guy as a way to bail him out of this, you know, potential loss that he was going to take on this painting by getting ripped off by the the Swiss art dealer Yves. Right. You know, it's just a, a shell game of moving money around. Right. Um, uh, moving debts and uh, personal debts as well as financial debts with each mm, other. Mm. Um, well, in that sense, I can recommend 
uh, as as a wrap up, a game that a company made called Kleptocracy. I think uh, I've heard of that. It's an app for your iPhone or iPad and maybe even Android in which you basically play the game of being a kleptocrat and you have to move money around and avoid the uh, investigator. And it's actually made by an investigation company. So the tactics for doing it are ones they have investigated. Uh, it's it's called Kleptocracy. I just started playing it. It's uh, it's it's a fascinating game. I I, I want to I want to get on that. Actually, that sounds fascinating. To be honest, <laughs> it is. should we we should reach out to them and uh, see if they want to be a sponsor of this episode? <laughs> That's a great idea. All right, well, let's wrap it up then, huh? All right, go ahead. All right, well, thank you guys for listening to this episode of By the Way. I hope you figured out whether. Uh, you're dealing with dog shit or masterpieces here. And, uh, and, and not talking about the, the host of the show. <laughs> There's no answer to that question. Um, so, yeah, we appreciate it. And be sure to check us out on the face of the book and uh, Instagram and Twitter. We're not on Twitter, are we? Yeah, we're on Twitter. Okay, on Twitter. Um, we got a LinkedIn all, page. Yeah. We, and on LinkedIn, and we're all over the place. You can find show notes so you can follow up and read actually informed adults writing with fact-checked uh, you know, processes behind their writing. We would encourage you to do so. And give us feedback. Call us out on uh, something if we were totally off base. Mm-hmm. Um, this show close, is... You know, give us a little bit of leeway, but yeah. <laughs> or just yell at us uninformedly. Sure. Um, but we would like to engage the public. Absolutely. That's absolutely yeah. right. So you can contact us via our uh, website, via all our social media, whatever. You can suggest future topics to talk about. It's all open there. And uh, this also goes to, bears mentioning that we are part of a larger platform called Cultural Bandwidth, which is just, just launching now. It's at culturalbandwidth.com. There's other podcasts, another show I run called The Undergang Armchair, which is conversations with artists. They'll be writing about shows. It's Scandinavia-based. Come check it out. Excellent. Hopefully uh, everybody enjoyed this episode. Thanks for joining me, Ando, on this wild ride of speculation. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, we'll just uh, we'll catch you guys next time. 